All right, so, uh, so we're up to technically, uh, we're up to Simit Kuf Mem. Last time we finished uh, Kuf Lamites. Now, Kuf Mem happens to be its one sif, and the truth is the Indian of, of Kuf Mem is going to be a little bit more Negea a little bit later on. So I, I think for now, we're going to move to Kuf Mem Aleph. I okay, guess so we'll, we'll skip Kuf Mem. We'll go to Kuf Mem Aleph. And as Hashem soon, we'll go back to Kuf Mem. We'll, we'll see enough uh, things coming up, and we'll appreciate Kuf Mem a little bit more. Okay, so let's go to Kufim Alf. So again, so what we've been learning uh, until now in Hilchas of Zara and, and uh, the whole seminar of Kufim Ametes was basically, the, it was revolving around one basic principle, which is that the object of an Avod Zara, the, the idol itself, again, the utensils, uh, carbonus, everything associated, all the paraphernalia, everything for Avod Zara is Asr Bahana. Right? It's forbidden to have any pleasure, any benefit from Avod Zara itself. So this Simon uh, Shulchan Aruch is going to be discussing different types of objects. Do they classify as Avodah Let's say I'm not sure. Are they? Are they not? We'll see. So let's uh, let's see this Sif Aleph, the first Sif in Kufim Aleph. And um, as we see in the Marmor comes the background of this halacha, I think there's pretty fundamental things that come with it. Okay, so let's see. So the Shulchan Aruch says like this, Kol Hatzlamim Hanim Tzoyim B'Kfarim. So the Shulchan Aruch is talking about the following scenario. Let's say, again, uh, let's say, you know, you're, you're visiting a certain town or you happen to find, you know, the, the question the Shulchan Aruch is basically dealing with is as follows. The average statue that's found in a particular city, a non-Jewish city, can, the question is, a statue that's in a non-Jewish city, can we assume that it's for just decorative purposes and it's just a statue? Or... Should we be concerned? We have to be concerned that maybe in the average statue that's just sitting in a non-Jewish city or town is for Avodah purposes. That's the question that the Shulchan Aruch is dealing with. So the halach is like this. Any statues that are found in small little villages, Asur. Those are going to be Asur Bahana. The Stamal Hashem Alil Nasu, because you have to assume that they were made for Avodah The assumption is, the explanation for this logically is, that small little towns are not wealthy enough to just go out of the way to just decorate the streets with fancy statues. If there's a statue there, it's most likely of religious significance. That's why we assume, or you have to be machmer, that it's a Vodizar. However, if it's in a large city that's more wealthy, and you know, and there's an effort to stop to make the streets look nicer, then mutarm. Then the statues that are found there, you could assume are not a Vodizar, the they would just be lenoi nasu. They're made for decoration. The only exceptions are what are the exceptions where even if it's a large city, just the, the way the statue looks, it's clearly some avodizar quality to it. Elam Kain, these are the following, you know, uh, qualifications. Oymdim al Pesach Hamedina, a statue that's found at the entrance of the city. Right. So in those days, let's say for example, you had a walled city or something. So right at the entrance of it, there's this big statue. V'haya biad hatsura. And in the hand of the statue, let's say it's a human being statue, you know, statue or an animal or something, in the hand of the, um, you know, the image, in the hand of it has tzuras makl, it's holding onto a staff, like tzipor, it's holding a bird, like kado, or it's holding a ball, like saif, or a sword, like atara, or it's wearing a crown, a tabas, or it has a ring on its hand. If there's anything adorning the, the if it's something the, the thing is holding, that's also a simon of it being avoid the czar. So those are the qualifications. Again, if it's in a small town, it's most likely avoid the czar because otherwise they wouldn't be decorating this small little village with statues. If it's a larger city, 
then you don't have to be machmer, unless, again, if it's at the entrance of the city and the statue is holding some sort of object. Okay, that's the, that's the halacha. Okay, so let's see the Marpachimus to get a little bit of the background. And again, it's a pretty straightforward halacha. I don't, it's not super complicated. But we'll see that, uh, that, not that the background is complicated, but it, uh, you know, it, it, I think it opens up some interesting ideas. Okay, so take a look at Marmokka number one. This applies to statues? Statues. Pictures? No, this is statues. This is all of the statues, yeah. Pictures we're going to see later on. He talks about the pictures. But this is uh, three-dimensional statues. Okay, so the Mishnah says in Avodah Zarah, Marmokka number one is the Mishnah in Avodah Zarah. This is where this halach is coming from. So the Mishnah says like this, Kol HaTzlamim Asurim, all, again, just a little background. The, the halach, what we paskin like, we're going to see it's machlekes in the Mishnah, okay? We paskin like the Chachamim, but there is an opinion. Oh, Mazel Tov, Mazel good to see you. There is an opinion in the Mishnah, the Tanakhama, that's not like the, the Mishnah. So we just got started. So the Mishnah says like this, in Avodazar, Kolat Slam Masurim. The Tanakhama holds, or Mayor, the Mayor holds that Kolat Slam Masurim, all statues that are found anywhere are all Asur. Because Ramir says the custom is that all these statues in any town, whether it be a town, a city, you name it, they're all, you, you have to assume, or you have to at least be, be concerned that they are served religiously at least once a year. That's what Ramir says, that any statue that's found, yeah, it's, it's going to be Aser. The Chacham say no. Says the Chacham, no. Again, assuming we're talking about a big, big city. Uh, statues that are found, you do not have to be machmer that it's a vaydazar. Again, unless it falls under those qualifications that the Shulchan Aruch said, it's at the opening of a city and the thing is holding a staff, a bird, a ball, something. Okay, that's the that's halacha. So, in other words, again, the Mishnah is telling us we have machlekes between Rameir and the Chacham. Again, the question is the average statue that's found in a non Jewish town, non Jewish city, is it a vaydazar? Is it not a vaydazar? What's the deal? So, says Rameir, all these things you have to be machmer, they're all lesser. Says Rameir, because they're served once a year. That's the that's the minute by the guy, they're served once a year. The Chama say no, the Chama say it's not true. The average statue is not a Vaidazar, unless there's some simon that to, to give it and make it clear that it is, like it's uh, holding an object or something. But other than that, the average statue is not a Vaidazar. So the Gemara in Marmok and the Gemara deals with like what exactly the Machlaikis is. We we usually try to avoid making a machlaikis tanoyim about Mitsias. Like Ramirez says these things are served. The Chum say they're not. I mean, what's, what exactly is the Machlekes? Are, are they served or not? Go, go, go figure it out. Like, so what's the, what's the issue? So take a look at Marmokka number two. Again, Halach Lamaisa, we pass them like a Chum, right? That all statues that are found in big cities, you don't have to be concerned that they're of a desire unless there's some sort of telltale sign. But again, Ramirez disagreed. Says we're going to be discussing right now what the Machlekes is. So says the Gemara like this. If Ramirez is right, that these things are served once a year, then my time is Rabbanan. Then why the Chacham be Meikah? What's the, what's the Machlekes exactly? So here's the point. Om Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Yosef, Om Rabbi Yechanan. So Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Yosef said the name Rabbi Yechanan. Here's the Nakuda. Everyone agrees to the facts. The facts are that the majority of cities do not serve their statues. The majority of cities have statues that are just decorative. There is a small, minute amount of cities that do serve their statues once a year, and that happens to be the city that Rameir particularly lived in. So everyone agrees to those facts, but here's the point. Rameir de Chayish Lamiuta, Rameir Shita throughout Shas, is that he's Chayish Lamiut. He's Chayish Lamiut. We'll see what that means in a moment. 
and Gazer Sharmakimis Atu Aisimakim. And because Rameir is more machmer even for the Miat, so Rameir therefore makes a cross the cross the bow Gezeira, that all cities, all statues in all cities are going to be Aser. Gezeira Atu those particular one or two little cities that happen to serve their statues. Okay. The Rabbanan are not so concerned about the Miat, about the minority of little, of one or two cities that have such a thing. And like Gazer Sharmakamis Atu Aisamakam, and they don't make such a Gazer. Okay? Now, this idea of Rameir, the Gemara is referencing this Klal, the Rameir is Chayshish Lumiat, and the Chum are not. We're not going to get into that too much, but just, it's a, the Gemara is referencing a Machlekes between Rameir and the Chachamim in Yavamas. Nalach uh, is that for Chalitza purposes, Chali, you know, for let's say a, guy, a person dies without children, so so the the wife has to have yibum or chalitza with her brother-in-law. So the halach is that that there are certain qualifications, there are certain conditions that chalitza needs. And so, uh, let's say the uh, let let's say you know if she um, or whatever. Let's say the case is if, if let's say she's an islandist, she's a woman that can't have children, you know, because of some some physical issue. Then she doesn't. Uh, you're not allowed to do even to her. Okay. So Ramirez is talking about the following case. Let's say the guy dies without children, and she's still a katana. So you can't tell. You don't know. You don't know. So can you do yibum or not? Now, Roy, most women don't have such an issue. Some do. Amiyah do. Ramirez chayish lamiyuta. Ramirez machmer. Maybe she's maybe she's of the miyut. Maybe she's of the miyut. And because of that, Ramirez would say. That you can't do yivam to a katana because maybe when she gets older she'll be of the you know ten percent of women that have that issue, and uh, yivam won't work. The chum are not chayish lemiuta. It's ten percent, ninety percent is okay. So you could go with ninety percent. That's the machlekes between a man and the chacham. I don't know. I mean, that's it's uh, the gemara does say other times that also are chayish lemiuta. Rameir is the you know the ikker of that shita, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's possible, but that's. Um, Anyways, that's the that's the machlekes. That's the concept of chayish lamiuta. But in this context, again, what the Gemara is saying is that Rameir, who b'derach klal is more concerned about the ten percent. So in this case, let's say there's ten percent of cities that do bow down to their statues. So therefore, Rameir makes a zero across the board. That ninety percent, everything, every other city is going to be usher because of the miat. Okay, and the Chum disagree. The Chum b'derach klal are not concerned about the miat anyway. So therefore, they don't make such a gzera, and therefore we go with the rive that most cities are going to be okay, and therefore it's not a not a problem. That's the the gemara. Okay. Now, what's interesting is is like there's a there, like as follows: there's a machlekes rishayim. What exactly within the sheet of Rameir? Let's focus in on Rameir that he is chayshish lemiuta. He's b'derach klal is more concerned about the minority, about the the ten percent. So, and the gemara said, okay, because of that, we're, we we make a gzera of all cities. Atu, those few cities that do bow down to their statues. There's Machlegis Rishonim, what exactly does that mean? What are the mechanics of such a Gezeira? So let me explain. Well, I'll tell you outside, and then we'll see inside together. The Ramban, when he read the Gemara, the Ramban says that it's, it's an impossibility. Even if you go with Rameir, even if you're in that mindset, and you're concerned about 10%, if 90% of cities... Right, we know for sure do not bow down to their statues. Only ten percent do. There's no question about it. Even Ramir, there would be no such thing as Asr making a gzera that ninety percent is Asr because of ten percent. Such a thing is an impossibility. The only way that we make gzeras 
is we, we, if we answer the minority based on the majority. But to answer the majority based on the minority, that for sure we don't do. So what does the Gemara mean that, that Rameir is making such a gzera? So says the Ramban, this is how you have to interpret the Gemara. The way it's as follows. There, there are many cities that we don't know what their minute is. We don't know what their minute is, right? So in other words, there's really three categories, says the Ramban. There is the minority of cities that we know bow down to their statues. And we know that relative to those numbers, there's a majority of cities that don't. But then, the vast majority of cities, we have no idea. We don't know. We don't know what they do. So let's, let's uh, say, for example, let, let's make an easy number. Let's say there's 100 cities on the planet. You know, make something like that, right? So there are 10 cities that bow down to their statues, okay? There are 30 cities that don't. So between 10 and 30, 30 don't, that's for sure. But altogether, you still have 60 cities left. 60 cities, we have no idea. 60 we have no idea. Therefore, says the Ramban, this is the way the mechanics work. Rameyer is always concerned about the minority, which means that when he looks at those 60 cities, and I don't know what their minig is, Rameyer says, well, uh-oh, maybe they do like the 10%, which means that before you even get off the ground and start thinking about the 30 cities that you know for sure don't bow down to statues, 70 cities are now usher. 10 because they for sure bow down to statues, and 60 because I don't know. And Rameyer is chayish lamiyuta. And now what you have is 70 cities that are usher, 10 because they for sure bow down, and 60 because you're not sure, right? And now you have 70 that are usher, and 30 that for sure do not bow down to their cities. Now we have a little normal gezerah of ushering 30 up to 70. That's how the Ramban looks at it. But to just, make, just read the Gemara simply, that you have 10 cities which bow down to their statues, and 90 don't, and we're going to make all 90 usher because of 10, that, that's, that's, that's impossible. Gezerahs always work that you have a majority that are usher, and you have a minority which is mutter, and to avoid confusion, we make everything usher because of the majority. So that's how the Ramban is working it. You have to create a scenario where there is a majority of cities that are usher, right? And then, what majority that are usher, now you can have a gezerah to make everything usher. And the way we work it out, according to a mayor, that's what the Gemara means. That he's chayish lumiyuta. In other words, because again, we start off with, we, we know, the, the, when you compare, the, within the cities that we know what they do, right, there's a minority that bow down versus a majority that we know for sure don't. But besides those cities that we know what they do, there's the vast majority of cities, we have no idea. So the vast majority of cities, therefore, are going to be usher because maybe they, their minig is like the minority. And now the, now the overwhelming majority of cities are taka usher. Some because we know what they do, and the rest because we're not sure what they do. And now you have a majority that's Asr. Now you could make a Gezerah to Asr those cities that you for sure know technically are Mutter, but it's a Gezerah. It's a two-step process. It's a two-step process. You want to call it a Gezerah to a Gezerah? I mean, ultimately it's all boiling down to those ten cities that we know have an issue, but that's the process. First, those ten cities create an issue for the vast majority of cities that we don't know what their minig is. And now that all of that is swallowed up in Isser, now we'll make Xera to the minority of cities that we do know that they do not bow down to their statues. That's the, the way the Ramban is looking at it. Right, but the, one, the, the, the 10 that don't, the, whatever, the, that 30, don't, whatever. Like, you're making them that Usser because of the 
majority that yeah. do, but that only the majority that do yeah. will be also because of... It's true. I mean, there's no question about it. The Ramban is, is you know, it's, 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 it's a stretch. In ter- it's not the simple reading of the Gemara. But the issue that the Ramban is dealing with is that there's no such thing as making a gzera of majority to minority. There's no such thing. Again, Rameir is chayish lamiyuta when I don't know. When I don't know what the situation is, and there's a 10% chance of it being an issue, I'll be machmer for the 10%. But again, if I, but if I know the majority of cities, if I know these cities are mutter, and just to make them usher because a gzera atu ten, uh, minority of cities, that's a problem. Now we don't do. A gzera means something that is completely mutter, for sure, or making it usher because it might be confusing, because people might make a mistake with, with the, the case that's usher. To do that because of a minority issue, that, that we don't do. That's where that's where the Ramban is working it out. Take a look at the inside, you'll see the Ramban explains. Marmok number three. This is what the Gemara means. According to Rameyer, that he's always concerned about the minority. Again, what does it mean to be concerned? It means, It means cities that we don't know what their minig is, they will be a sermon hadin. That is, that's the classic case of just like the case of the, of the Katana. Right? I don't know what she is. So, yeah, if I play the odds, odds are that she's healthy and well. But there is a minority possibility, percentage-wise, that she's not well. Because I don't know what she is, so Rameyer is more machmer with percentages. But, but says Ramban, but if I, but if I know, but, but, but that, that's only in a case where I don't know, and I'm being machmer because of, of Amit. But again, but in this case, if the majority of cities is for sure mutter mikra, then to make them usher because of a atu amit, that we won't do. So what does Rameir mean? So again, it means that, that those cities that we don't know what they are, they will be Aser because of Miyat. The Kivan Rameir Chayish Lamiyuta, because since Rameir is Chayish Lamiyat, Istan Lamechash, we have to therefore be concerned for those unknown cities. Maybe they have the, the custom of Rameir's personal city that uh, bow down to their statues. Even though when you compare the cities that we do know what their custom is, the, the, the minority are ones that bow down versus the majority of ones for sure do not bow down. But that's only within the cities that we do know what they do. Right? The vast majority of cities we don't know. Right? The So now, the majority of now cities become usur because we don't know what their minig is. And Rameir is chayish lumiyot. Therefore, Gazer, Afamakim Shiyadu Alanu, Shein Oivdenaisai. So now we'll answer those cities that we do know for sure do not bow down, even though technically it should be Mutter. Mishom Isra Hanim Shach Maisamakim, because of Xera, Atu, the majority of cities that are Asr. Why are those cities Asr? Because we don't know what they do, and there's 10% of cities that bow down to their statues. That's the, the Mahalach of the Ramban. But again, it all boils down to one assumption, which is. That there's no such thing, even in Rameyer's world, there's no such thing as 90% I know is mutter, 10% I know is asr, and I'm just going to asr everything because of 10%. No such thing. That's the, the assumption of the Ramban. Now the Ran, over there in Avayda Zara, quotes this Ramban and disagrees with that fundamental point. Says the, the Ran as follows. Velishna, he quotes the Ramban's pshat, and then he says, first of all, there's an issue with the language of the Gemara. Velishna, the gazer shar mekaymes atu aysimakim einoich the, the, the Pshad Ramban, first of all, says the Ran, just doesn't fit in the simple language of the Gemara. The Gemara is a very straightforward language. The language of the Gemara is, Rameir is Chayish Lamiyat. 
he's concerned about 10%, and, he's go- and he makes a gzera of everything else, ought to the miyat. The Gemara doesn't say this middle step that, uh, the Ramban is creating this middle step. At first, all, most cities are us because I don't know what they are. And now that most cities are us, sir, now I'll make exera to the minority of cities which technically are mutter. Uh, all of this is missing from the Gemara. Therefore, says the Ran, I disagree with the Ramban. To me, the Gemara means simple. Says the Ran, I disagree with the fundamental idea of the Ramban. The Ramban is saying that, that uh, there's no such thing. If I know 90% is technically mutter and 10% is technically usher. I would never make such a gzera to make everything us. It says the Ran, that's not true. If a mayor is chayish lamit, if he's concerned about 10%, then, then we're for really concerned about 10%, then make everything us, because maybe uh, people will get confused, and they'll visit town to town, city to city, and everything is mutter, and they'll chance upon one of those 10% cities, and they'll still think it's mutter. A classic gzera, so make everything us, because of 10%, why not? I, it's only 10%. Okay, he's concerned about even 10%. And the Chachamim disagree. They're, they play more of the statistics. And statistically speaking, the odds are, what are the odds that you're ever going to end up in one of those 10% cities anyway? So it's really, they hold that we don't make a of the entire planet because of 10%. And they so what we have is an interesting machlokes over here, and they don't really explain what the background is. This, this is the fundamental question. Would there be a possibility of making a gzera on 90% of things which we know are mutter because of 10% that's us? Or is, not, is that not possible? Gzeras always have to be minority becoming us because of majority, or is it possible to have majority become usher because of minority. That's the question. The Ramban clearly is of the opinion that even if you go like Rameir, who is the most concerned about the, the small statistics, even Rameir would agree that there's no way for us to say that 90% of cities are for sure mutter, 10% are for sure usher, we're going to make everything usher because of 10%. No way. Says the Ramban, and that's the Ramban Shita. Says the Ramban. That's simply not true. If Rameir is, is concerned about small percentages, then why not? Make everything usher because of the 10%. So that's Machlekes from Ban and Ran. Again, all of this is not lahalacha because we pass in like the Chachamim that we're not, anyway, we're not concerned with, with 10% to begin with. But in Rameir's world that's concerned about 10%, this is a Machlekes. Would we be able to, to make a gzera to, to, to make 90% Usser, if we know for sure that that 90% technically should be mutter, would we still make a gzera atu the 10%? That's the like machlagas. How did the Rabbanon touch the Rabbanon? How did the Rabbanon? Yeah. Meaning in the, in, because in, in, in the Chachamim, in the world of the Ramban, right, in the world of the Ramban, the, the first step doesn't get off the ground. We wouldn't usser the vast majority of cities because there's a 10% of places that bow down. That only begins because of Rameir. Rameir, who's concerned about me. So first, the first step is, okay, uh, I have uh, 60 cities, I don't know what they do. So the, the, the Chum would say, okay, you don't know what to play, we go through. The majority of cities that we do know don't bow down. So it only gets started in Rameir anyway. Yeah. What, what's the Isra? Yeah, no, no, it's what, what is the actual Isra? I mean, we have a city, we know they do what, The Isra is what? There is an Isra from Midaraisa. There's an Isra Midaraisa of having Hana from Avodizar. 
So you have a statue over here. If it, was, if it was bowed down, if it was bowed down to, if it was served, even if it was served by Goyim, it would be usher for any, to have any hana from it. So that's the, that's the issue that we're dealing with, is when you find a statue in a particular Goyish city, like what is it? Is it just for decoration? Is it for a Vodizar? I don't know. So this is, where, this is where we're going around over here, is that there's a minority of cities that do serve their statues. Majority don't. Would we prohibit, would we make a gzera to aser the majority of cities that we know technically is fine because of the minority of cities that we know is an issue? That's the, that's the concern. Yeah. Yeah. And the smaller cities usually do. Yeah. Right. So, so all of this is with a discussion within the large cities. That's what the Gemara says. That's what you get. Yeah. The small cities, that I didn't bring the source for. That's the Gemara later on that the Gemara says when it comes to small little villages, that uh, without a question, the majority, uh, overwhelming majority would, would serve. This is a discussion within large cities. Within large cities, that's when you have this issue of minority serve, majority don't. Yes, yes, yes. That's for sure. That's for sure. Okay, so this is where we get back to, 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 the, to the crux of the issue. What is the machlok between the Ramban and the Ran? Why, what's the issue dependent on in terms of, in terms of uh, could, you, could we have a gezeira to prohibit a majority to a minority? Is that possible? <clears throat> so it's like this. All right, well, we're going to take a little bit of a, of a detour, okay? In a general halacha, in Marmok number five, okay, there's a Rambam, it's a pretty famous Rambam in Hilchas Mamre. Okay, we know that, uh, we're talking about Gezeris, we're talking about the abundance over here. We know that there's a concept in the Torah called Baltaisif, right? That a person, they're 613, finished, you're not allowed to add to mitzvahs. You can't take away, you can't add. So the Rambam over here in Hilchas Mamre, the second parak, is discussing a very classic question. Which is, how, how is it possible for any time for Chachamim to any, ever make a gzair? How could Chachamim ever make a decree and make something usher that from the Torah is technically mutter? Why is that not Baltaisif? Why is that not adding to the Torah? Right? We know you're not allowed to, uh, Tefillin has to have four parchments. If you add a fifth, that's called adding. Right? Uh, by Lul Vanesrik, if you want to shake uh, Lul Vanesrik plus uh, like a dozen roses, that's Baltaisif. So, the Torah says milk and meat is not kosher, and the Chumash say, you know what, chicken and meat, all, chicken and, and milk also. Why is that not Baltaisif? I understand they had a reason to do it. There's always a reason why Chazal say what they say, but why is that not called adding? That's the Ramam's question. So the Ramam says the basic principle as follows. He says like this: al It's certainly true. You're not allowed to add the Torah, and you can't take away. But the, 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 the way to think of it is, is that the only time that the Chachamim would get in trouble for adding something is if they promoted their halacha as if it was midraisa. So if the Chachamim were to say, by the way, you know, we're going to tell you that chicken and milk is a problem, and by the way, you guys just don't realize it, it's, it's, a, it's a problem from a Torah, that's Baltaisif. That's Baltaisif. But if Chacham are going out of their way and making a decree, and they let us know, this is only Darabonim, like, don't, it's not Daraisa, then it's not Baltaisa. They themselves are letting us know that it's not in the same level of Tar. That's the Ram. We'll see inside. So he says like this, 
again, the Shlaila Haisav al Divar Tavala the Grayman, you can add or take away from Tyra. And to establish whatever this decree is as being from the Torah. Whether they try to tell you it's in Chumash, but you never saw it before, or they tell you it's some tradition from our Sinai, you never heard of it before. If they're promoting it as Torah, that's Baltaisif. Ketzah. Example. So it says in Chumash, you're not allowed to cook uh, or eat meat and milk. So even though the Pasuk says, uh, uh, you know, a, a goat with, in its mother's milk, the tradition is, from the Torah already, that this Pasuk is more general than that, really it's prohibiting any meat and milk together. Whether it be a behema or a chai, domesticated, non-domesticated, any meat is going to be also with milk. So, aval basar oif. But uh, but chicken, but chalav in, in milk is and is minatayr is mutter, right? That's the that's Allah. So it says the Ram. Im bezdin. If bezdin were to come, the yes are basar ha'ayf and prohibit chicken with milk. The yoimer shu bechal gedi, and they would tell you, oh, by the way, this is really also included in what the Torah means. Vuisim minatayr and it's prohibited minatayr. Harizem ma'isif. That's that's baltaisif. That's baltaisif. But if Chacham is saying, no, 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 listen, we'll tell you the truth. Chicken and milk is mutter from the Torah. We are coming to prohibit it. And we're letting you know that this is a decree. Because we're concerned that if people start eating chicken and milk, they'll confuse it and eventually lead to eat meat and milk. So then, and that's not called adding. That's called making a fence. That's a safeguard. That's the principle of the Ram. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Okay. What's funny is that in the in the Ravid, okay, the Ravid, uh, right on the Rambam over there, Rambam number six, the Ravid on this Rambam says the following attack: All of this can be blown away by wind. This is mamish like it's mamish ridiculous. Says says Ravid why? Says the Ravid because every time that Chacham make exera, and they they prohibit something because of a, a safeguard. to protect the tyra. It's never going to be baltaisif. It's never going to be baltaisif. Even if chachamim make this prohibition something that's eternal, and they give it the stature of tyra. mikra, and they and they find the pasuk somewhere to connect it to. Right? He says the rabbi we find this all the time. Throughout Gemara, we always find this, that Chacham make a decree, and they find an asmachta. Right? They find an asmachta. Asmachta is what? Asmachta is not a real drasha, but it's a pasig that they found to, uh, you know, bolster the idea. So the Gemara says all the time, across machta ba'alma. And says the Ravid, and that's completely mutter. That's completely mutter. So says the Ravid, if we, if we find such a thing in the Gemara that Chacham make a nisr, and they find an asmachta, and obviously that's fine, so, so clearly, even if Chachamim were to come and make something on the same level as the, as the Torah, that, that's not an issue at all. You find this, that they make something also, and they give it an asmachta. And therefore says the Ravid across the board, any time Chazal prohibit anything, it's never going to be Baltaisif. Baltaisif is only an issue on individual people. When you, on your own, come to add a parsha in your tefillin, or shake uh, roses along with your lulav, that's Baltaisif. But the Chacham are coming and making a decree... If they're coming and making a decree, if they have a legitimate reason to do so, 
It's never about Taisif. Even if they're making it on the stature of Torah, it's never about Taisif. The Chazal do that all the time. They do it all the time. They make it their Abanan, and they find a Pasuk somewhere to connect it to. That's the, the Ravid. Now, taking a step back for a second, the Ravid is a Pella. Where's the Pella? The Ravid, it, it, it doesn't seem to be addressing the Chalal, what the Raman was talking about. And in Marmokka number 7, the Kesav Mishnah points this out. Again, what, what, what did the Rambam say? The Rambam said that the issue of Baltaisif, if Chazal are conceding that what they're trying to create is a Darabanan, that's not Baltaisif. All the Rambam said is that if they go out of their way to trick everyone and to tell everyone, by the way, what we're telling you is Tyra, that's Baltaisif. So, and the Rabbis disagree with that. And the Rabbis saying, no, 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 that, that, that's also not Baltaisif. Why? Because we find in the Gemara all the time that Chazal make a Darabanan and they find an Asmachta. That's not what an Asmachta means. When Chazal find a Pasuk to, as a remis to their, to their Gezerah, they're not saying that what they're saying is Daraisa. They're not trying to trick everyone. They're saying Midrabanan. They're saying it's Darabanan. And we're finding a Pasuk as a hint, as a way to remember what we're talking about as a hint. We're not, we're not, we're not saying that it's Daraisa. So the, the Ravid is using that concept of whenever Chazal find an Asmachta, that's Says the Ravid, oh, you see from there that the Rambam is wrong? Again, the Rambam said that when is it Baltaisif? When Chazal are telling you that when they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes and telling you that what they're trying to tell you is Daraisa. That, that's what Chacham are doing when they find an Asmacht. What's the Ravid talking about? What's the Ravid talking about? Take a look at the Kesev Mishnah says this. He says like this. He says, uh, the Rav, he has Sakash and the Ravid. The Rambam agrees that the, the, the Chacham all the time. Make something, uh, make a drabanan, and they'll find a pasuk to to rely on, to make a hint, to connect to. But the but the, and the Rav, and the Rambam will agree that that's fine. Uh, I agree with the Ravid to that. Says the Rambam. The Rambam said, but I'm telling you, what, when is the issue? When they're going beyond that, when they're when they're saying that that something is usher from the Torah itself. When Chacham are just finding an asmachta, they're saying it's not midraisa. That, that was the, the language that the Ravid himself quoted that the Gemara always uses. Midra banan across machta balma. That's and the Ravid is using that as a as a way to disprove the Rambam's point. Again, all the Rambam said is that if the Chacham are trying to convey, trying to trick you into thinking that it's deraisa, that's baltaisif. Says the Ravid, no, even that's not Baltaisif, because Chazal do that all the time. Why? Because it's, how do we know? Because the Gemara always says, Medrabanan across Machtabalma. That, that's not tricking anyone. They're saying Medrabanan. They're saying that it's Darabanan and there's a Pasuk. That's a hint. What's, they, they're not talking to each other. What's going on over here? The Ravid clearly learned the Ramam differently than the way, the way it reads, the way, we, the way we read it. Again, you look at the Ramam, you just read the words of the Rambam. All the Ram is telling us is a very straightforward point, which is that if Chacham are trying to mislead you into thinking that something's Daraisa, that's Baltaisif. But clearly the Ravid didn't understand the Ram like that, because if that's what the, Ravid, the, what the Ramah means, then the, the Ravid is not addressing that at all. He's not disproving that by quoting the concept of Asmachta Balma. Like, something's off. So here's the idea. Here's the idea. Here's, there's a basic question in terms of con conceptually how Darabonans work. Here, and here's the point. There are two ways to think of how Darabonans work. Let, let's, say, let's, let's give the example of chicken and milk. That was the, the example the Ramam gave. So from the Torah, meat and milk is a problem. Chicken and milk is fine. Chacham come and say, no, 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 chicken and milk is also an issue. How do we conceptually understand it? One way to think of it is 
that the Chacham are coming, and, 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 and the Chacham have the power to do this, it's, bespo- it's bestowed upon them from the Torah, that they have the ability to do this, but what Chacham are doing are coming and making a new law. There's a new law. There's a biblical law that prohibits meat and milk, and that's on the books. And now there's a new law that's of rabbinic origin, that chicken and milk is prohibited as well. It's an Isra Chadish. It's a new decree that Chacham are establishing on their own, on chicken and milk. That's one way of thinking of it. And every Darabonin is, is in such a model, which is, it's an Isra Chadish. It's a new decree, it's a new halacha that's being created by Chacham. Other approach. The other approach is, yes, there's a biblical prohibition of meat and milk. And the Chachamim are not equate, they're not saying that chicken and milk is biblical. But what they're doing is expanding and extending the biblical prohibition of meat and milk all the way down and across to chicken and milk. That extension is rabbinic, is, is, is a rabbinic, but the prohibition that's now on chicken and milk is not a new entity. It's an extension, it's a, it's tuffle, it's secondary, it's an extension of the biblical. That's, these are the two ways to look at it. So whenever you have an Isidurabana, is, do you conceptually look at it as a new, a new idea? It's a new Durabana. Why would Chazal make this new decree? Yeah, the reason why they do it is because they're concerned of people making a mistake and, and eating meat and milk. But the, the prohibition that they're establishing on chicken and milk is its own individual entity. Or... No, it's not its own individual entity. It's, it's an extension off of the biblical. It's no different like, like if you want to use an imagery or something, like have a house, right? So if you have a house and you want to make an extension, there's, there, there's multiple ways you can do it. You could have the house, and then you, you need more space, right? So you could have your original house, and then you could build a second small little house next to it, your little, uh, little cottage, just one option. Or you could build an extension, the extension that you build is going to look different and it's not going to be as good quality maybe as the bones of the house that was built in the 30s, right? So it's not the same. It's an extension, but it is an extension of the original house. This, the, the Ravid understood, and this is the subtleties of this debate between the Rambam and the Ravid. The Rambam didn't just mean that if Chazal come are trying to trick you into thinking it's derisive. Chazal would never even do that. And by the way, you can make the argument that even if Chazal tried to do that, that would not be baltaisif, because those are just words that are meaningless. That, it, 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 let's put it this way. If Chazal were to actually come and say, by the way, all of you, just, you just missed the Pasuk. Everyone just missed the Pasuk. The truth is, uh, you know, uh, uh, you have to, the, the prohibition on a, on a biblical of mamish, biblical is chicken and milk too. You can make the argument that's not Baltaisif. Why? Because what did they do? They lied. They lied. They misrepresented Tyre, but that's not adding anything. They didn't actually do anything. If you actually put on a fifth parish of Tfilin, you did something. You added something. There's a tangible addition. But what did Chazal do by just lying to us? Nothing. Therefore, the Ravid understood that what the Rambam means is the following thing. The Rambam is of the opinion that in order for Darabonans to be considered in order for abundance to avoid Baltaisif, they cannot be even seen as extensions of the Raisa. They have to be seen as independent entities, independent prohibitions on their own. 
When the Rambam said that if that Baltaisiv is an issue, if the Chachamim come and tell us that what they're saying is min hatayra, it doesn't mean that they're trying to trick you into thinking that it's biblical. Of course, they're telling you something that's rabbinic. What the Rambam means is a subtlety: is if Chacham are if they if the type of decree that they're making is rabbinic, but it's rabbinic with the conceptually as seen as an extension of the Daraisa, that's Baltaisif. What the Ram is telling us is that the way Darabonans work is that they have to be independent. They cannot be seen as an extension from the, from the actual Torah. If they're seen as an extension, even if they're defined as rabbinic, but if they're an extension of the, of the biblical, that's Baltaisif. That's the Rambam. So this is now a fundamental point in the sheet of the Rambam, is that the way Darabonans work is that they have to be seen as independent. Okay? Now, on the opposite side, before we get to the Ravid for a second, the Ramban. The Ramban, we find in Chumash, holds the exact opposite of how the Rabbanans work. Again, the Rambam holds, this is what we're coming out with, that the Rambam holds that the nature of the Rabbanans is such that they have to be seen as independent entities, in, independent Xeris. And that's the only way how you avoid Baltaisif. Chacham have the ability to make decrees and it's not considered Baltaisif because they're making little cottages on the side. But if they're, if they're extending the house, even if it's not the same brick and mortar and it's not the same quality and it's noticeably an extension, if it's conceptually an extension, that's Baltaisif. The Ramban in Chumash, we find, holds the exact opposite. Take a look at Marmokka number eight. The Ramban in Chumash writes, he's talking about Baltaisif, and he says like this, according to my opinion, if the Chachamim were to come and say that we want to create an independent new mitzvah, uh, we're not, it's not deraisa, we're making it derabanan, but a completely independent mitzvah that has no trace origins to anything biblical, it has nothing to do with anything biblical, just completely on its own. We want to create a new yantif. A new yantif, it's rabbinic, we're not trying to trick you into thinking it's biblical, it's completely rabbinic, and it doesn't have any trace, it's not extensions, it's nothing. Says the Ramban, that's Baltaisif. Says the Ramban, that's Baltaisif. Elufidaiti, Shafilubadalazis Mitzvah Neatzma. If Chacham were to come and to create an independent enactment, a Darabana that stands on its own, that's not an extension, that's a derivative, nothing to do with anything biblical. Kigoyin, Shasachag, Bechadi Shabadali, they make a new Yantif on some hal and some month. Oiver Balav, that would be the prohibition of Baltaisif. What we're seeing is a fascinating thing, is that the Rambam and the Ramban are diametrically opposed in terms of how their abundance function and where is their permissibility in their function. According to the Rambam, the way their abundance have to work in order for it to be allowed is that they have to be independent. They have to be seen as independent. The Ramban is the exact opposite. In order for their abundance to be allowed, they have to be an extension. If they're, if they're independent, it's a problem. The Ravid the Ravid is more is a subtle. The Ravid, as we saw, says there are two types of darabonans. It can be both. When you have a darabonan with an asmachta, that's a darabonan which is an extension. A darabonan without an asmachta, that's an independent darabonan, and they're both fine. They're both fine. This is what we have: three different opinions. The Rambam, darabonans have to be independent. The Ramban, darabonans have to be extensions. Okay. And the Ravid, it could be both. Now let's go back to what we had before. If you remember what we were talking about from the beginning. Ramba, Ramban and Ran. We had a machlekes, Ramban and Ran. Whenever Chacham are making a Gezerah, whenever they're making a Gezerah, is it possible for the Gezerah to be in such a way 
where the majority is becoming usher because of the minority. In other words, you have 10% of cities which, are, which their statues are usher midaraisa. And now you have 90% of cities which their statues are mutter. And you want to what? You want to take the, you want to make 90% usher because of 10%. Says the Ramban, says the Ramban, it's impossible. Says the Ramban, you wouldn't do such a thing. Why? The answer is, is because, and, and, and the Ran disagrees. And the Ran says, no, such a thing is totally possible. It's not an issue at all. Why? It depends on this, on this issue. It's, if, 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 if Gezeris, if rabbinic decrees are seen as extensions, then the logic of the Ramban is totally perfect. It does not make any sense that 90% of cities is going to become prohibited as an extension of 10%. When you're talking about an ex- the example of the house, right? When you're dealing with a house, the extension is not going to be larger than the house itself. It's like, it doesn't work like that. Extensions, by definition, mean that there's the icker, there's the primary, there's the original house, and now you're building an extension, building a d- deck, you're building a, even a, another floor, building an extension. If the Ramban, who, again, the Ramban was of the opinion that the way the Rabbanans work is that they have to be seen as, as extensions. So in this case, when Chazal are, they want to make a Gezerah, they want to make 90% Aser. How, how are they making 90% Aser? They're making 90% Aser because now we're going to see that 90% of cities at, and all the, all the statues in those places as extensions off of the prohibition of the 10% cities. That doesn't make any sense. That 90% that arrive, that majority should be seen as an extension of a minority, that doesn't make any sense. So you have 10% of statues versus 90% of statues. The Daraisa prohibition is on 10% of statues. Now you want to extend that Isser onto 90% and still define the 90% as an extension? Doesn't work like that. That doesn't work. That's the Ramban. The Ran, on the other hand, holds like the Ramban, which is that the way the Rabbanans work is that they're independent, which means that although the motivation to prohibit the 90% is because of the 10% statues that are, that are usher from the Torah, but the prohibition that would be enacted is not an extension from the 10%. It's its own Indian. Chazal are looking at the 90% of cities in a vacuum, in a bubble, and making a new prohibition on those. That's not an issue. So here's the idea. Again, if, how do the Rabbanans work? So in the case of chicken and milk, right? There's two ways to look at it. Our chazal are just isolating chicken and milk and saying, new prohibition, boom. Or, no, 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 there's a prohibition of meat and milk, and we're expanding that to include chicken and milk. Conceptually, the same idea over here. We have 10 statues, which are aser from the Torah, 90 statues are mutter. We want to now make everything aser. How does that work? Do we just, are we just looking at the 90 statues and saying, boom, aser? Or are we saying, no, no, there's 10%, 10 statues which are usher, and we're going to expand the prohibition of these statues onto these statues. Well, if it's an extension, then it doesn't make sense for the extension part to be bigger than the primary part. But if it's just an independent prohibition that we're establishing on 90 statues, then fine, then make your prohibition on these statues. It's irrelevant, the, the fact that it's 90 versus 10. It's not an extension of 10. It's not trying to be secondary to 10. It's its own independent thing. 
the Ran, the reason why the Ran has no problem with making temper, 90% uh, the 90 uh, statues usher because of 10 statues uh, that are usher is because he never sees Darbanans as expansions of the Daraisa. It's its own independent thing, just like the Rambam. But the Ramban Lishitasai holds not like that. The way the Ramban looks at Darabanans is that every time Chazal makes something awesome in Darabanan, there has to be a Daraisa that it's expanding from either conceptually, like chicken and milk off of meat and milk, or practically 90 statues off of 10 statues. And that doesn't make sense, that the expansion should be greater in volume than the primary source. And therefore, the Ramban therefore has to learn the Gemara differently. That first, that the, like we said before, that first there's a majority that I don't know, which that could become usher because I don't know, and then we'll make exera of minority as an extension of a majority. But to make majority considered to be an extension of a minority, that conceptually doesn't work. So this is what we have. Just to finish off, a little, now move into Panemius a little bit, but just to sum it all up. But we have basically our three opinions. How Durabanans work. How Durabanans work. The Rambam and the Ran, the way Durabanans work are, is that they're considered to be independent halachas that are being created by Chazal, because of motivations that they have, concerns that they have because of Dreyse's stuff, but Chazal are just making new, new halachas on, on their abundant situations. On chicken and milk, on 90 statues, just completely isolated. That's the Rambam. Then you have the Ramban. That's not how their abundance work. Their abundance work, uh, I'm sorry, that's the, uh, that's the uh, I'm sorry, I messed up. The Ibn of the Rambam. The Rambam held that the Rambam and the Ran is that the way their abundance work is that they're isolated, independent halachas on themselves. That's how the Rabbanans work. And if it's anything deviated from that, that's Baltaisif. The Ramban is the opposite, right? The Ramban is that it has to be an extension, it has to be an expansion off of the Raisa. And the Ravid said it could be both. Either way is fine. They're both permissible. Chazal have both uh, mechanics up their sleeve. Whichever one they decide to do is fine. If they find the Pusik as a hint, that's going to be an extension concept. If they don't have a Pusik as a hint, that's going to be an independent or abundant concept. That's how the Rivet works this. Okay, a little covenant of Pneumius. Uh, I mentioned this many times that when you talk about Rambam and Ramban, that, that, that's always the two different worlds of, of David versus Yosef. The Rambam, uh, the Rishner said this, and we have many connections to this, that the Rambam was a Mashiach ben David Nasham. Uh, again, the, the simplest example of it is that Mashiach ben David, his role, what he, the, the ultimate gula comes, his job is to be ma'asif, is to be kabit in Chay Yisrael, to gather all of Chay Yisrael back together, Territ Yisrael, and so on. And that's what the Rambam did in Tyra. He was the first person to have this idea of gathering together all the unseen uh, halachas, all the uh, scattered halachas of Shas, and to bring them all together into Mishnah Tyra. He was a Mashiach ben David personality. The Rambam was... Was over was was overwhelmingly concerned about the the simple Jew that might become lost to um, you know Muslim philosophy. So he writes more He was concerned about even even if they're not being swept away with with, with philosophy. He was concerned about people just now learning. So he writes commentary to Mishnayis in Arabic. Even Mishnah Torah, the Rambam writes in his introduction that why he's writing this is not in order for the Rosh Hashivas in a thousand years later to make themselves, you know, to, to come up with the Shtukal Torah. The Rambam says, I wrote Mishnah Torah for the average Jew to be able to take it off the shelf and to know what to do in halacha, to know what the halacha is. And the Rambam therefore wrote it in a very simple, straightforward way. There's a lot of depth to it, obviously, as we know, but the Rambam was, was going out of his way to try to help 
the, the Yid, the average Yid. The Ramban is not like that. The Ramban's way is the way of Yosef Tzadik. It's the way, so, and let's, let's go back for a second. And the way of the, the Rambam, the way of David, the way of Mashiach and David is the world of the Balchuva. It's the Balchuva. That's the world of Balchuva, right? The person that's, that's lost, the guy's, he's Novach, right? He's perplexed. And the Rambam is the Marnevuchim. He's trying to bring the person back to Tshuva. That's the Rambam, that's what Rambam's trying to do. So the Rambam represents the world of Tshuva. The Ramban, the world of Yosef HaTzadik, he's come from the world of, of Yosef, the world of the Tzadik. Tzadik, therefore, the Ramban does not write uh, a commentary that's easy at all. Of all the Rishonim, the Sephardish Rishonim, the Ramban is probably the mo- one of the most difficult Rishonim to learn. His commentary is on the Gemara, not packaging the Gemara in an easy way. It's on the Gemara itself. The Ramban was uh, connected to Kabbalah, which is also connected to the world of the Tzaddik. Uh, classically, Kabbalah is something that's left for only people that are pure and holy that are able to handle such a thing. It's the elite, as opposed to the world of uh, the Ramban, which is the world of the masses. It's the world of the Balchuva versus the world of the Tzaddik. The nature, now let's think about this conceptually. The nature of the Balchuva is someone that, 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 that has the ability to stand on his own two feet. That's what the Balchuva is. See, the Balchuva, the Balchuva made such mistakes in life, he's, he's so far off the beaten path that he has to embrace the philosophy of Rabbi Lazar ben Durdai, you know, the Gemara and Avadah Zara. Lazar ben Durdai was the biggest Balavera, right? And so he has to, be, he, he, and then he becomes a Balchuva. What happens? So the Gemara says a Maisa, that he goes to the sun and he says, sun, daven for me. And the sun says, I got my own problems. Moon, daven me, I got my own problems. Mountains, all this stuff. And then Lazar ben Durdai says the words, Eina da ratole I, 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 I have to do it myself. I have to do it myself. And the Balchuva, like Ishbitzer always talks about, the Balchuva needs absolute confidence in his ability that if he pushes, he'll be taken back. He'll be accepted. In order for the Balchuva to be motivated to do tshuva, he has to believe in his own kaychis that what, what took me far off, I could use my kaychis to bring myself back. So the Balchuva is about embracing the, the, your independence. That's what the Balchuvah is about. Whereas the tzaddik, the, what, 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 what maintains a person as a tzaddik is their fear of independence. It's their fear of going off. It's their fear of getting involved in something that they're not sure about. That's why the tzaddik is so pure and holy is because they've never veered off that path of Shulchan Aruch, which is that clear guiding light telling them what to do exactly always. So the tzaddik is the world of non-independence. And that's what, that's what makes the tzaddik the tzaddik, is that they don't want to be independent, they want to be told what to do, and they want to embrace the, the, the halacha of what the Shulchan Aruch tells them to do. And that's what the tzaddik wants. All the tzaddik wants is, Rabbi Shalom, tell me what to do and I'll do it. I don't want gray, I don't want to have to make my own decisions. Tell me what to do, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. That's the tzaddik. The Balchuva. What, what got him into trouble is his sense of independence. He didn't want to do what the Torah wanted him to do. And now that he's found somewhere way off the beaten path, he now he has to embrace that same independence to find his way back. So the Balchuva is the world of independence. The Tzaddik is the world of dependency. The Rambam, who's, who, his whole Indian is Mar Nevuchim, his whole Indian is to be Mechazik, those Jews that are far off the path, to give them this, the recognition that the, in the, the same quality of independence that has got you so far off is the same strength that's going to get you back. The way Durabanan's work in the Rambam's view is independent. 
That's how the Rabbanans work. And that's the great contribution of Chachamim. The contribution of Tarsh Balpeh is the fact that we could create independent halachas. That's following the entire worldview of the Balchuva, that the greatest thing is a Jewish person's independence. That might be your greatest, um, uh, you, you, you know, you, 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 that, might, that might have led you to all crazy places, but that's your greatest strength if you embrace it. The Balchuva, when he embraces his independence, can take him to places far beyond where the tzaddik can reach. But the world of the Ramban is the world of the tzaddik. Tzaddik means, I don't want to be independent. I, the, I, I want to be an extension. That's what the Ramban wants. That's the world of the tzaddik. So even Chachamim, when they come make Xerah in the worldview of the Ramban, it's only as an extension. The Raivid is both. The Raivid is, is, is unique in that he bridges the worlds of Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. That's what we find, that the Raivid wrote a Sefer of always disagreeing with the Ramban. But instead of writing an independent sefer, just fighting with the Rambam, he was mavatul, he, he, right? he, he, he's mavatul himself to the Rambam. He just wrote notes on the side of the Rambam. It's like, I don't have my independent sefer. I'm, the Rambam is mamish the Iker, but my whole thing is to disagree with the Rambam. That's <laughs> like a funny zak, right? The answer is, what the Ravid is doing is trying to bridge the gap, is that the Balchuva has to appreciate the the allegiance of the tzaddik, and the tzaddik has to appreciate the independent thought and creativity of the Balchuva. And that's the, that's the beauty of Chachamim in the world of the Ravid, where Yitaka have both qualities. The Chachamim are able to be independent and extensions at the same time. They have both qualities, Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David, and ultimately the Tachlis is like the Ravid, which is that we should become people that are ultimately creative, and, and uh, inquisitive and forge new paths, but at the same time remembering that the ultimate direction that we have to head and the ultimate guidance that we have is ultimately from the Rabbani Shalom. The Rabbani Shalom gives us our independence. That's the secret of the Raven, that the, the, the Rabbani Shalom is what's giving you the independence. It's the Rabbani Shalom, like the Nishba Tzavar, it's the Rabbani Shalom that led you off and it's the Rabbani Shalom bringing you back. So you have independence, you have Kaiches, use your imagination, be creative, but know that that creativity itself is coming from the Rabbani Shalom. And those are the three worlds that we're talking about over here. So again, you have, again, just to sum it up, you have the Rambam, which is Sheikh ben David, the world of Baal Tshuva, the Rabbanans are independent, the, world, the Ramban, which is the world of the Tzaddik, the Rabbanans are just extensions, not dependency, they, they don't want to be de- independent, they want to just be bottled to Shulchan Aruch. And then you have the Ravid, which is both. The Tzaddik needs the Baal Tshuva, and Baal Tshuva needs the Tzaddik, and the Rabbanans can have both qualities, they could be expansions of their ices, and they can have their own independency as well, okay? The derech of this year, by the way, I don't know if you've noticed it, is that whenever we, we after a couple weeks break, we begin again, the, one, the first one is always the most difficult. So if you survive this, it's a shem, it'll uh, it can only get easier, right? Okay.